0: The college baseball experience on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now offering a weekend basketball bonus. Place four $50 basketball bets, and regardless of your outcome, you will get a free $50 bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by PropSwap. America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit to receive up to $500 in bonus cash. Head over to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app. We're also brought to you by StableDuel. StableDuel is a horse racing DFS app where you can play free and paid games for real cash prizes. You can win as much as $25,000 with one entry. Head over to StableDuel.com to get started today. And of course, make sure you download the SGPN app, your home for all of our free picks and podcasts. In the yeah. All right, welcome to the college baseball experience. I'm your host, Noah Beanick. You can follow me on Twitter at 77NB. I'm hosting a solo podcast episode today because my partner, normally Colby Colby Dant, you can follow him at the Colby D. On Twitter, he's running around with his head cut off, recording four podcasts episodes a day. He's doing college basketball episodes. He's doing conference tournament episodes with the Sports Gambling Podcast, and he's also doing USFL podcasts. So he's giving me the keys to the College Baseball Experience Podcast. But um, I have to address the elephant in the room right now. Uh, my Michigan Wolverines lost in a game to his East Carolina Pirates 10-8 to 8 we hit a grand slam in the ninth inning, but I feel like since it's a gambling podcast, we didn't really officially have a bet for uh, that game. I feel like we should have because I was pretty confident in my Wolverines going into it. I thought we were going to start Cam Weston, but it turned out we we started Weston against Maryland. We beat Maryland, so that's all that matters, I guess. But we lost to East Carolina, so I guess to punish myself, I'll do his intro, okay? let's see. Let's see how well I can do it. Welcome, welcome to the college baseball experience I'm your host, Colby Dent, a.k.a. Pick Dundee, that's not a pick, this is a pick Somebody knows nothing, nobody knows Double the price, but no one touches Dundee Okay, that's about it (laughs) Okay, uh, packed episode today that I want to get into real quick Um I'm special. I guess I just need to name segments and I don't know. I'm going to take you through the batting order, I guess, of today's podcast. Um, Hold on. Let me get some pump up music because we're announcing our starters of the game. All right. Here's the batting order of today's podcast. First, we will review last week's lineup card of bets that I gave out for Friday's slate. Then we will recap the weekend to the best of our ability. Then I will tell you guys how I got myself into a personal predicament on Twitter. Then the main event of today's podcast episode, we have an interview with Ryan aka Bush League Bets. We're going to be reviewing the Shriners Children's College Classic. Then after the interview a short Q and a of Twitter questions that you guys asked me email questions that you sent to me DMS that I received. I don't know how long that sep- episode or segment's going to be. We're going to see how long this episode is. I might cut that short. Then we'll get to the midweek lineup card of the bets that I see and will like, or just advise you, Hey, stay away from this game or take this game. And then we will bring in the closer to end the podcast. Let's go. All right. So, in review of last week's lineup card, uh, let me pull up my notes real quick. We started off with East Carolina. I told you guys. I wasn't very confident in East Carolina winning games two and three because I thought there was no starting pitchers out yesterday or, uh, not yesterday, Thursday afternoon when we recorded. So I didn't know who was going to start against East Carolina. I was assuming that each team was going to throw their number one against the best team in the tournament. That was not the case. Everybody threw their number one on Friday, which typically happens. But when you have one, um, big program like east carolina has established themselves to be i thought you know what they might face everybody's friday night starters and especially with the two big 10 teams they threw their friday night starters in a non-conference game against each other it's a little bit weird to me but east carolina got that win um they also got two more wins they beat michigan like i already mentioned and they beat maryland maryland so that was the first um Game that we gave out the second game was in the Shriners baseball classic. I told you guys to pick UCLA I was wrong. Baylor came out uh, Thomas threw like eight innings of basically Perfect baseball. You couldn't have asked anything better for the Bears to start that tournament. So He looked really good and the Bears actually went two and one we talked about them a little bit in the interview as well with uh, Ryan then I told you guys to put LSU in a parlay against uh, LSU in a parlay against Oklahoma. Uh, They beat Oklahoma in extra innings in what was probably the best baseball game so far this year. And yes, baseball game, not just college baseball. We haven't seen a lick of pro baseball. Apparently they're putting another deadline on to see if they can get regular season games in uh, good luck. The players don't seem to be budging. The owners don't seem to be budging. I'm going to be enjoying this college baseball thing for a little bit while longer. Um, then I told you guys to take Texas in the nightcap against Tennessee. Um, I told you Tennessee's bats, they're electric as hell, but they hadn't really faced true competition like Texas and Pete Hansen And they went out there and I think they won seven to two. That was the score. Then, Um, my brain fart of the week, I told you guys to take Florida game one with Hunter Barco on the mound. That was actually the only game that Florida lost in the whole series. I thought with Miami sweeping Florida in the series last year to open up last year's season, Florida was only going to win their game with the ACE on the mound. That was not the case. Uh, their young arms came out and showed out and they won game three handily. Um, the next one, I told you that I was gonna take Georgia all three games against Georgia Tech because I thought there was gonna be some value there. Each game Georgia Tech or Georgia was like a plus 110, plus 115, plus 125 dog. I took them every game, lost the first two games, but Georgia pulled it out in game three for me. Um then this one this one was a great series, Mississippi State. I told you I was gonna lock them game one. What did they do? They came out and shit on Tulane. They beat them seventeen to two in game one. Game two was looking like it was gonna be the same thing. They were, they came out out of the gates, blitz Tulane again, up eight to zero, and Tulane comes all the way back, all the way back. They tie the game up, and I tweeted this. This was actually my most uh, like tweet of the week, Tulane baseball actually liked it. So thank you for the attention, guys. Um, Tulane with one out in the bottom of the ninth hits a deep fly ball to right center field. The Mississippi State right fielder catches the ball. And it wasn't like a lollygag throw either. He throws it to the cutoff, man. The typical tag, it was bases loaded. The typical tag from third base, he scores no problem. They also tagged the runner from second to third. And here's what you, here's what you do in baseball. You want to throw that ball. If you're the right fielder to your second baseman or shortstop, who's cutting the ball off (coughs) for a play to go to third base. The guy who caught it was in the second base position. I don't know if it was the first baseman or the second baseman, but he was in the wrong spot. The guy that tagged up from second to third, he turned the corner and went home and tied the game up. And I was like, Delane, the mean green are running the base pass like maniacs, and I mean it in a good way because nobody ever tags up for two bases to let alone tie the game. Then they go on and they win the game on a walk-off solo shot. That was a hell of a game two, and then game three, they came out and took the series against Mississippi State. Um, Hold on, let me get a drink of water. Um, The main storyline out of that series, though, is that Landon Sims started shaking his forearm in game one. He went through four and a third innings. He struck out 10 of the 11 batters he faced to start the game. And he started shaking his forearm after the uh, 11th batter. And that's never a good sign when you're a baseball fan to see the face of college baseball entering the season. The number one starting pitcher likely going out for the season with some type of elbow injury. I'll get more into that. Uh, when I get into a weekend recap because that's the number one story that I have. But yeah, that happened in the first game. Uh, Surprisingly, Mississippi State got up and they crushed Tulane. Typically, like both teams are down because of that because nobody likes to see a player of that caliber get injured early in the game. It normally wrecks the mojo, but the Bulldogs seem to have gotten up for their star starter in that game. Uh, The next... Uh games series that we went over was oregon state against uc irvine and I told you I was gonna I liked oregon state every game of the series, but I only told you guys to Put them in a parlay or like build a parlay around them in game one um For friday's podcast and then I said i'd see where the weekend takes us. I believe they won games one and two and lost game three. That happens in a series. You don't sweep everybody in the world. Um, the next one on Friday, I only picked Ole Miss. I did not tell you to play Ole Miss, not tell you to bet him. Ole Miss won game one. Uh, it was a great game. It was like eight to seven. Then game two goes in extra innings and it's like zero, zero in the 11th, 12th inning. And UCF, it's a walk-off home run to win that game. Amazing! Uh, shout out to Pat Fisher. We'll get into that when I said we have a D-Gen dugout uh, segment coming up. Um, <clears throat> the next series, I actually uh, got this one wrong. Pretty also, um, Oklahoma State. I told you it was a lock to win game one. They didn't win a game this series. They only played three games. They didn't play four. I told you the fade, the winner of game two on Friday. They didn't play two games on Friday. I don't know what happened. The schedule said they were playing four. I I don't know what happened there. They only played three. Oklahoma state got swept. Gonzaga came out with, like I told you one of the best rotations on the West coast and Just mowed the Cowboys down in Stillwater. We'll touch on that more later as well. (coughs) Uh, North Carolina. I got this one right, stapled that right on the forehead. I told you I was going to lock North Carolina in game one and probably look to play them in games two and three, depending on the price. I played North Carolina. If you follow me on Twitter, you saw that I locked North Carolina every game of the series. Hit on them. They swept Coastal Carolina. Then the last series, or the second to last series, we had TCU on the road at Kentucky. Uh, I told you TCU was a lock in game one. That one lost as well. Um, And I also said, like, we'll see about games two and three. I kind of like TCU in all of them. Uh, TCU lost game two and then won game three. The last one, Vanderbilt, I told you, I was really nervous about the first game because I, I figured out how to say his last name too. And Ryan even flexed it as well. Cade Halemanu, Halemanu. It's H A L E M A N U. I was thinking it was either hail or it's, it's Halemanu I think. And uh, he had a blister problem on Friday, his scheduled start. He came back and through on Sunday. So I actually played them the money line on Sunday and they lost two to one. So that was a little bit unfortunate, but we said that Vandy would probably win uh, three of the four. There they took off four. So what are you going to do about it? Now let's 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 do our best to recap the whole weekend. And I want to start with <clears throat> some notes that I wrote down for uh, the teams that I provided a College World Series future on, and an article that I wrote back in February. <clears throat> and I think that's how I am going to start most of these. Uh, weekend review podcasts with those teams, just a little bit of a review. So Mississippi state um, Kendall Rogers, the uh, D D one baseball head editor. He is assuming that Landon Sims is done for the year. We're extremely concerned about the bulldogs now because originally I didn't really like the starting rotation to begin with. I, I, <clears throat> was giving the coaching staff a benefit of track record. I gave them as my eighth pick to be completely honest with you guys. I only played five of them. Uh, my original article actually only included four teams, but they told me, Hey, cast a wider net, give out more teams with a, uh, a a paragraph or two sentence or a paragraph or two summary on each team. Um, so yeah, I didn't. I don't actually have any money on Mississippi State right now. So I feel a little bit bad if somebody read two thousand five hundred words down and they found Mississippi State. Oh, national defending national champions. I like this play a lot. I think they can go back to back. That might not be the case this year. Um, next, Texas <clears throat> in the Shriners Weekend Classic. Uh, they had. Their their great weekend rotation showed out, and actually Tanner Witt, who is their third starter, their Sunday starter, uh, he had a little bit of an elbow issue issue, but it came out that there's nothing really serious. It's just a precautionary scratch. It was last minute though, so it was like ten minutes before the start. I tweeted out on Twitter, I was like, "Hey, it's not crazy for you guys to take the money line on UCLA, uh, Texas coming off of a huge win against LSU." Uh, UCLA's pitching has looked great to me so far this year. I was like, it is not crazy to fade Texas with this late crushing news that their starter is not going to be starting the game. UCLA won the game five, one the highlight of the game. Uh, the His- Hispanic Titanic, Ivan Melendez sent a baseball into orbit I think he hit it probably 450 feet plus. He hit it onto the train tracks in Minute Maid Park, which is crazy. They use metal bats. Still, dude, that's a hell of a poke. Um, next, Florida State, they took care of business. They won the weekend series. They lost game three to Cal. Nothing too worried about because Cal did go 3-0 in that MLB 4 tournament to start off the year. Oregon State. Now, this is coming straight from Kendall Rogers as well from D1 Baseball. Uh, Cooper Jerby is going to be leading the Oregon State Beavers for quite a little bit here, which is rough news because, like I told you, the offense has played great this year. I wasn't actually really expecting this offense to be too um, world-beating. And that's exactly what they've been the first two weeks. They sort of came back down to earth this weekend against UC Irvine and UC Irvine's not a bad team in their own right. They were preseason top 25 um, and they since fell out of it, but they're still right on the cusp of being a top 25 team this year. Um, Their offense didn't put up as nearly as many runs as the first two series and Fennings uh, their second starter, He will be back at some point Which is originally the guy that I thought I don't really know much about it I said that last podcast I don't know when he's going to be coming back So it sounds like Fennings is the guy That we might see come late March Early April in conference play I know they have conference weekend series Coming up this weekend But uh, Fennings is the guy that we're probably Going to be seeing first Coming straight from KR at D1 Baseball um, Frisch could be out long term, per his sources. Uh, Florida, they're giving me some confidence, man. Uh, like I said, I doubted them in the second and third game against Miami, Florida, and they won both. So I really like where they stand. Timmy Manning was great, and Florida dominated game three against the Hurricanes. Uh, East Carolina, they righted the pirate ship. Uh, they had four great wins versus four base, four good baseball teams. In the last four games. Um, <clears throat> yes, they hosted the tournament this weekend and were the home team all three games, but those are still three great wins against Indiana state. Who's a capable mid-major Michigan and Maryland who are the top two big 10 teams this year, uh, since Nebraska is kind of, uh, struggling out of the gate here. <clears throat> Um oh lastly NC State my most confident college world series future and I'm still not worried about them This is a young team guys they got if you didn't if you don't know they lost all three games to Northeastern Northeastern was in the NCAA tournament last year they're a good squad. They're a good program. There's nothing to worry about here. NC State, the Wolfpack, they're a young, young team. They have many new faces on the squad, like I have previously said. And Tommy, Tommy Tanks came back down to earth. He went one for 12 with a couple of strikeouts here. Uh, I'm, I love. I made a new soundboard for myself since Colby's not out on it with me. Uh, here's Trace Adkins. <laughs> That was basically Tommy tanks this week. Um, I'm still not worried about Tommy either. The dude has a hell of an approach um, as a, as a baseball player and former really good hitter of myself. Um, I love his approach. Dude has an extremely wide stance at the plate and he has power to all fields. How, how does he get that power to all fields? You ask, he doesn't get beat. By fastballs his approach is to take the fastball the other way and he crushes off speed What was northeastern doing this week? They noticed that he was sitting off speed in the first two series here They challenged him with inside fastballs and they beat his bat to the to the plate basically um with with that approach from tommy he he will get beat on some fastballs, but I'm not worried about it. He's a freshman; he should be able to adjust. Come ACC play, and this team isn't just Tommy guys. They have one of the most feared ACC rotations, and they have uh, Chris Villeman out of the pen to close out games in postseason play. He's not going to close out every regular season game, but come postseason play, I really like the pitching staff. Um, Okay. I want to touch on some top mid majors here. Tulane, they had a ballsy week taking two of three versus Mississippi State. Gonzaga, they're a national player this year. They just swept Oklahoma State in three games in Stillwater. They have elite pitching. Um, like I said, I love Will Kempner. I, I'm a funky delivery guy myself. This dude's coming out of three quarters and he's touching triple digits on the Cowboys. That's insane. Houston Baptist, they have high-level pitching. Their head coach, Lance Berkman, former Astros uh, star. They beat Sacramento State, who we talked about last podcast. They beat Sac State three out of four games this weekend. Uh, Good weekend from Houston Baptist. And if you uh, follow the trickle-down effect, wherever you may apply that, um, Sac State has now beat... uh, Houston Baptist has now beat Sac State. Sac State's beat Long Beach State. Long Beach State beats Mississippi State What we have is A big old clusterfuck and that's Why we love college sports um, Bryant got swept again So that's two straight weekend series Where Bryant got swept After sweeping East Carolina So those might be three really Really bad losses for the Pirates But like I said they're coming on now they f- They've founded their groove um, Long Beach State uh, has lost six in a row since their series win against Mississippi State. UCF David Litchfield has been great in the rotation, transitioning from the pen. That's what I wrote down. Um, they won their they won his game in the second game of the series against Ole Miss. Uh, some people could argue that they could have won the series. The first game, when it gets the high scoring, like I said in the last podcast, uh, UCF's a great pitching team and. If a team scores four or five on them, I kind of favor the other team uh, just because their bats are good enough to at least do that on them, I guess. I, I don't know what I'm trying to say. I'm kind of stumbling and mumbling here. Texas State won the last two games of the three games set against Arizona. I actually uh, made and released parlays with Arizona and Tennessee. Both in them on Saturday and Sunday, and Arizona dropped their leg on both days. It was really disappointing. But I respect Texas State now, so that's one thing. Southern Miss, they had a great week. They won versus Mississippi State in the midweek, and then they went 2-3 and three against Louisiana. I actually <coughs> I bet Louisiana as an underdog to beat Southern Miss on Friday night because, you know, Southern Miss coming off of that huge win against Mississippi State. That hit. That hit. I hope you followed that. Um, UCLA. They have great young arms. Heard, Treadwell, Jewett, Kenny Oyama. He's the leadoff hitter of their team. He already has 12 stolen bases this season. And Carson Yates was amazing this week. He had two very, very clutch clutch hits that won games, in my opinion. ch <clears throat> uh, Ole Miss, they had a great road test in UCF. We knew they were going to hit. Uh, I was actually pretty impressed with their pitching this week. UCF, not an amazing offensive team, but still you can come away with positives in that series. Kentucky won two, three versus TCU and they're now 10 and two. Uh, they were very surprising to me, but they typically beat up on teams early in the season and then they get beat up in the SEC East. This was a good series win against a quality top 25 TCU team. I now have my eye on Kentucky, Notre Dame. They're eight and one, and they ran over week tournament competition this weekend. Uh, so still, I'm not really sold on home run. Jesus Clemson. They're underrated with balance. The bullpen is their strength. They have some offensive stars, um, I'm actually going to fade them here in the midweek lineup card when we get to their North Carolina. They're going to be a legit contender in the ACC guys. I wasn't sold on their rotation coming into the preseason. And that's why I didn't really uh, consider them as a future, but with great competition and wins against East Carolina and coastal Carolina on the weekends, um, their defense looks great with a really good bullpen they're going to be good. Uh, I look to be tailing them a lot this year. Uh, lastly, in our recap, Baylor. They had an oppressive weekend as well after getting swept by Maryland. They won against UCLA and LSU this weekend. And I bet Baylor as an underdog against LSU on Sunday night. So that one felt really great too. Um, so... Funny story, how did I get myself into a predicament, a personal predicament? My buddy, uh, I played travel ball with him since I was 10. We played 11U. We were both 10 years old at the time. We played when we were 10, and then uh, we kind of went our own ways. My dad was the coach, and he went to a tournament-only team where we played league games as well. They, they wanted to play like eight, nine tournaments a year where we only played like five, but we played like 30 regular season games. So complete, it was a mutual respect when he left. I still liked the kid, but I went to school with him and I played high school ball with him as well. And on Oakland university's baseball roster, and yes, Oakland university is not in California guys. It is in Oakland, Michigan. It's like 20 minutes from my house. On their roster the dudes listed as 5'8". Ian, I'm sorry If you listen to this The last time I checked, the last time we Saw each other in person, I had a good Inch, maybe two on you But I mean this with all due respect Major, major Props. My man hits A grand slam in the third Game against Marshall And I'm like This is a hell of a moment They got like a little video of him running the bases They didn't get his contact which kind of uh, disappointing um but they got the video at the end and then his teammates celebrating around him I was like this is sweet I'm gonna tweet it out so I I put out a good message and I know Cleary I was like he's a great hitter I wasn't expecting him to do this though so he did that in the eighth inning I, I believe it was and he put this team up he put the Golden Grizzlies up 13 to 10 or no, it was 10 to nine. He put him up. Then in the bottom of the ninth, Marshall wins on a three-run home run to win 13 to 10. Um, he then comes back. It was a double header. Comes back in the first inning, batting leadoff, home run. Oakland University Baseball comments on my post that I had uh, like wrote out a message on the Grand Slam for and they go, you wouldn't believe it. Ian Cleary has gone deep again. And I'm like, oh, oh, oh my God. Like, I think I retweeted it. Like, very cool that he goes deep again. But I wrote the message the first time. So, again, follow this kid at Ian Cleary 55. But wait, he's not done. He goes deep again for the third time. And I'm like, dude has hit three home runs today. I wrote out another message and I'm like, now, Uh, Blasting the kid all over everybody's Twitter feeds because he goes deep three times. I tag my uh, Travel ball team. I tag my high school team to get him some more love What do you know the kid goes deep a fourth time in the same day? And I was like, dude, I can't keep making Tweets for this. So I just tweeted out. I'm an official Ian cleary stan twitter account now, but that's where we currently stand and I'm kind of rambling on running long here. So let's get to this, uh, the D gen dugout. What is the D gen dugout? Well, I'm trying to grow a Twitter brand for the college baseball experience and for myself. And I'm going to do it around you guys, the fans. And I figured why not create something. And then in like really cool electric Twitter clips, I'll tag our super fans and I'm calling it the D Gen dugout. So like everybody is in the dugout and when it's your turn to bat, when there's a huge highlight, I'll tag you, let you know that your team did something sweet and you can promote us. And then we get you a little bit of hype if the tweet blows up because you're a fan of the team. Some people might follow you. It's pretty, it's going to be pretty sweet if it works out the way I think it will. So part of the Gen dugout so far, I have Colby, East Carolina, obviously me, Michigan, obviously Patty C I'm associating him with James Madison and Virginia for now, NC Nick. He's also going to be associated with George Mason and Duke for now, Honkus, LSU, Patrick Fisher, UCF, Dryden, Oregon state. Ryan, a.k.a. Bush League bets. We have an interview coming up with him in a few minutes. He's part of Arizona State's fan club, basically. Huge baseball guy. Uh, you'll get to hear his knowledge bleed through the podcast here. Great, great interview. And then Jong, he's in the Slack channel. Uh, huge DGen of the Sports Gambling Podcast himself. He's a big UCLA guy. I know that. And, hey, let's throw Ryan Kramer in here as Virginia Tech and Sean Green. I actually don't know much about Sean uh, and his college association. He's a huge Nova basketball fan, and he had a future on Lehigh basketball. So, hey, we'll give him the Philly colleges for now. But before we get into this interview, right now is the perfect time to bet on basketball. And WinBet is helping you cash. Basketball parlay bonus. All users can receive a $10 free bet when they lose or push a $20 four leg parlay or basketball between on basketball between Monday and Thursday. Weekend bonus plays. All users can receive a $50 free bet when they lose or when they win, lose, or push four $50 bets on Saturday and, and Sunday basketball games. Holy shit. Weekend bonus play can be used toward all the upcoming college basketball action as well as the NBA. And for new WinBet Casino customers, they're now offering a 100% first deposit match up to $1,000. That's right, 100% deposit match up to $1,000. Stable Duel. There are never enough things to gamble on, and the one sport that runs 365 days a year is horse racing. Get it, Runs. The best part now there is a new way to play the ponies, especially if you are brand new to the sport. Check out Stable Duel, a daily fantasy style app where you can play free and paid games for real cash prizes. Pick your horses, build your stable, and play against others to move up the leaderboard. Win as much as $25,000 with one entry. Don't know anything about horses? Don't worry. The app gives you clear data on which horses to select to build your best strategy. The app is free to download at StableDuel.com. Multiple games are offered each day with free games weekly at tracks all over the United States. Get in the app, create your account, and start building your stables today. Invite your friends to play against you or against other stables. You can even follow them in the app, and we can compare our own stats. Download now at StableDuo.com and see how many winners you can pick in your stable. See you in the winner's circle. Play, race, win. <clears throat> IP Vanish. Did you know that browsing online using incognito mode actually can protect... Ooh. IP Vanish. Did you know... That browsing online using incognito mode doesn't actually protect your privacy? That's right. Without added security, you might as well give away all your private data to hackers, advertisers, your ISP, and other prying eyes. That's why we use IPVanish VPN to make it easy to stay truly private and secure on the internet. IP Vanish helps you safely browse the internet by encrypting 100% of your data. This means that your private details, passwords, communications, browsing history, and more will be completely shielded from fielding into the from falling into the wrong hands. Even your physical location will be hidden. IP Vanish makes you virtually invisible online. It's that simple. You can use IP Vanish on unlimited devices sa- without sacrificing your speed, your computers, tablets, or phones, even devices like your Fire Stick when you're streaming media. Whether I'm at home or in public, you don't want to go without IPVanish. IPVanish is offering an incredible 70% off their yearly plan for our listeners with a 30-day money-back guarantee. That's just like getting nine months for free. IP Vanish is super easy to use. All you have to do is tap one button and you're instantly protected. You won't even know it's on. Stop sharing with the world everything you stream, everything you search for, and everything you buy. Take your privacy back today with the brand rated 4.6 out of 5 stars on Trustpilot. Just go so go to IPvanish.com slash SGP. Use promotional code SGP and claim your 70% savings. That's IP dot com slash S G P. PropSwap brought to you by PropSwap, where America buys and spell, sells their sports bets. March Madness is around the corner, and Prop Swap is your place to cash in on the big dance. Every season, Prop Swappers make thousands of dollars by simply buying and selling college basketball teams. You can always find the best odds on Prop Swap because you're buying directly from other betters like yourself, like Gil from New Jersey, who purchased a Murray State championship ticket on Prop Swap at two twenty-five to one, while sportsbooks are only offering one fifty to one. Now is the time to find those Cinderella's. The odds are very high and cash out on PropSwap when the tourney starts. When you're making your bets, remember to go for two. Make two tickets on the same team so you can sell one for a profit and and keep one to let it ride. PropSwap has thousands of buyers across the country, so you'll always find the best odds and collect the most money for your bets. Hurry and download the free PropSwap app today. Also, don't forget, download the SGPN app. It is now live in the App Store and Google Play Store. The app gives you all easy access to all of our picks and podcasts. Don't forget to toss us an app review and download the SGPN app today. Oh, my God. I am dying of thirst with my throat right now. A lot of reading. I'm sorry to all the brands that we advertise to. I'll do better. I'll get better. This is my first solo podcast. I'll get better. I I promise you guys. Without further ado, here is Ryan, aka Bush League Bets. Yes, I have a new guest on the podcast. You can find him in the Slack channel on Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Bush League Bets, aka Ryan. Ryan, how are you doing today?
1: Good, man. How are you? I, uh, I really appreciate you guys having me on. I uh, love the show and, and definitely love the Slack channel,
0: man. I'm doing great, dude. I love all your participation in it. Uh, You can find all of his research, his opinions on different games. And best part, I think he does this. He creates like a whole word document of every probable pitcher. It really comes in clutch for the guys that uh, can't do the research and are willing to throw some money down on a certain game. So Ryan, without further ado, I'm bringing you in here because you were in Houston in first person for the Shriners Children's Classic. Man, how was it? What was your favorite moment of the weekend?
1: Uh, It was, it was great, man. Um, I was fortunate enough to go down there with some buddies. We we stayed for all nine games. It was a good time. Um, The best baseball moment uh, was definitely the Thompson walk off home run. We'll go over that in a little bit. So I'll go with the best personal slash story that happened to me at the game. Um, Saturday night game, Texas versus LSU, uh, the big shebang Douglas Hodo leadoff batter for Texas center fielder. Uh, not a big home run guy, uh, you know, slugging percentage, 400, you know, a get on base OBP slash hitter G- hits a bomb. Um, Texas fans are going absolutely nuts, but there are, a, you know, six or seven people right in front of us that are going, you know, a little bit more crazy than a normal fan would after a three run homer, like high five and hugging crazy. We ask, you know, are you guys family? All that good stuff. Yeah, we absolutely are. You know, that's, we're from Houston. This is a homecoming for him. He had a ball. Wow. It was, it was good stuff. The dad actually sent his two brothers who were about high school age, 16, 17 years old to go retrieve the ball from a Texas fan. Gave him, offered him a hundred bucks. And when they came back, they had the ball and they got the hundred bucks. And he said he wanted signed batting gloves for his son. So that was the deal but it was pretty cool. And, you know, you
0: love to see those moments in college baseball. Um, So that that was was really special story Uh, being a baseball player myself. Like, honestly, I I never got to hit one. I was more of a contact drive it to the gaps guys, but all my buddies that hit them, we went to like a huge tournament in Cooperstown and that's a huge thing. Like you hit your first home run in Cooperstown, you go grab that ball. It's it's a, it's a cool memory to have. And I'm sure that could have been his first career, home run, but even yeah. if it's not his first career home run, first career college home run, if that's not the case, it's probably his first career home run in a big league stadium, which is very cool. Very, very cool.
1: Yeah, it was it was cool. And it was his first of the season. I didn't check career stats, but uh, you know, it
0: was a good moment for them. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so let's start with Friday. There was one game I didn't get to watch. And of course, guess what? That was the best <laughs> game that you had already gotten to, man. Uh, Oklahoma LSU, they went to extra innings. Where were you sitting and what were you thinking throughout the game?
1: (laughs) So we were actually sitting in the Crawford boxes for that game. Uh, we only sat in the Crawford boxes one game the entire weekend. And that was it. Um, it was an Oklahoma win that slipped away. Uh, Jake Bennett was absolutely filthy. He completely dominated this game up until the seventh inning where they scratched across a run on him. Um, I think coach got a little flustered, knew he had a lead on a, you know, a ranked team and a chance to, you know, start off the tournament pretty well. Gave him the yank with eighty eight pitches. I think it was a little bit too soon. Um, but it's gonna be a major league arm soon. And I think this really slipped away and, and got away quickly from the Oklahoma bullpen. The LSU bats are never out of it. Um, and it was a huge walk off win for them. It was an electric atmosphere, dude. It was it was so cool that walk off home run, but This really was the one that got away for Oklahoma.
0: Um, Yeah, man. You know, just looking at the box score after and uh, wheels on YouTube, you get to see all those cut highlights from it. Oh,
1: yeah, yeah.
0: Electric scene. uh, Just amazing, dude. And how close were you to. So you said that you were in the Crawford boxes. (laughs) How close were you to catching that home run?
1: Yeah, we were about one section to the right of them. So it was, it was, it was awesome. Uh, we thought we had a chance at it for a second, but it was, it was a cool moment. It was the best moment of the weekend, baseball wise, for sure. Crowd was going nuts and it looked like it was going to be, you know, LSU definitely outside of Texas. Cause they were the home team pretty much um, LSU had the most fans there for sure. And they're making a lot of noise. And I figured it'd be a good weekend for them, but not necessarily the case.
0: Gotcha. Nice. Nice. Yeah. I mean that, uh, that third game for them, was, a little bit of an upset, but I was all over it. That was one of my yeah. plays that I gave out on Saturday. You were on Baylor.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, you, you were on Baylor. That last game we actually uh we took the over. We didn't play it on Twitter. Um, but yeah. we did take the over, so that was nice. We knew Baylor was gonna be with a little bit of a tax bullpen. So yeah. yeah. And they they hit the ball well too.
0: Yeah, it was the whole like whole play, just extra inning emotional victory for LSU and also in the Oklahoma game, the first three or four innings that I got to see and just the main games, their defense seems to be kicking it around a little bit too much for me. And yes. it was very evident in Baylor. What'd you think?
1: Yes. Um, LSU's defense is, is an issue and they're, you know, starting pitching's there. Blake money. I'm sold on him after seeing him pitch. I'm sold on. He could be an ace for them. Yeah. Two. The other two are questionable. They really are. Um, gotcha, gotcha. bullpens are very questionable and they definitely booted around. You really know that in the head. And that's, that's definitely their Achilles heel so far.
0: Yeah, man. T- tough scene for a uh, fellow Gen in the dugout uh, honk us for us. He's a huge Tigers fan.
1: Oh yeah. Shout <laughs> out.
0: <laughs> Saturday night, the juice box was packed with 24,000 plus for that game between Texas and LSU. What was the atmosphere? Like, where were you sitting for that specific game? And how was that experience?
1: That, you know, that was just awesome. Uh, I've been fortunate enough to go to Omaha and that had that kind of vibe, um, you know, it was shoulder to shoulder, Uh, They actually opened up the second deck just for that specific game. And that was full too. So it was just really cool. Um, Both fans were, you know, they, they were chippy from the beginning. They don't exactly love each other at the fan bases. So even before the game even started, there was some John and it was just a big game feel. Um, You know, Texas ended up running away with it, but it was, It was something else and it was really, really big for the sport and really, really cool to see. And it'll probably be one of the bigger, if not the biggest attended game this year, I'm assuming outside of
0: Omaha. Yeah, for sure. That's what I'm assuming as well. Um, So as you leave Houston, good or bad, what's your biggest takeaway for a specific unit on a team? Was it a school starting rotation, bullpen batting lineup or their defense? I know you went to every game, all nine. (laughs) By the way, how much, how much were the ticket prices for all nine?
1: So it was $45 for three days total. So three
0: three days total, you only paid 45.
1: Yep. For general admission, you can pay, it was up to like 65 to sit behind the dugout or whatnot, but it was really cheap and it was, yeah, definitely affordable. That's for sure.
0: (laughs) So what's Um, your biggest takeaway for, for a unit that we should be looking for towards this season?
1: Yeah. So I was very, very impressed with UCLA's pitching staff. Um, that includes that is start yeah, yeah, man. Starting pitching and bullpen. Um, game one, their only loss. They went two and one, obviously beat Texas uh, on Sunday. Uh, Jake Brooks went eight innings, two earned and a two two to one loss, really tough loss. Kelly Austin steps up as their number three on Sunday, beats the number one team in the nation with eight strikeouts. He was he was electric, filthy stuff.
0: Yeah, um, man. His one ding was just the majestic moonshot from Holy crap.
1: Yeah. You know, he make one mistake to that guy. That's, that's a different story. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they, he was nasty. Um, you know, they have a midweek freshman I I, his mind is sorry. His name is slipping my mind right now, but he can step up in a role too for them. And uh interesting stat that I saw their bullpen did not let up a single run in three games this weekend. Um, Alonzo tried well as a pretty elite re- reliever slash closer for them. He had a three inning save against Texas and you know, if you're not going to score too many runs against them, I'm a little bit concerned about their offense, but that pitching staff is going to be, you know, a tough out coming into yeah, the postseason.
0: Throughout the last 10 years, UCLA's pitching has just kind of been oozing talent with yeah. both Trevor Bauer and Garrett Cole in that one year. I mean, just plenty of examples that go along that are in major league farm systems. So yeah, guys, uh, Ryan has given out college baseball bets daily on Twitter. You can follow him at bets underscore Bush. All of us, Twitter experts, we have great hits, but we also have tickets that we just want to crumple up and throw away after <laughs> like the first two innings that we place them. what was your best call of the weekend? And did you have a worst?
1: Yeah, a little bit of both. Uh, so my best <laughs> bet of the weekend was probably was actually my last bet I made. It was the uh, Sunday night bandy Hawaii under 13 and a half. I okay. know you sprinkled Hawaii, which I, I really loved and they almost got it done for you. Yeah, man. Um, but uh, Kate Helamanu is an absolute stud. He's a legitimate MLB prospect. Uh, he got pushed back with a blister issue and it was just way too many runs. Mm-hmm. Final score was two to one. So that was, that was one of my best hits. Um, but I did get smoked. That happens. So my worst bet of the weekend, I was feeling good after a seven and one day. And I threw down on plus plus one thirty Oklahoma money line. They should have beat LSU. I thought they were going to bounce back. UCLA couldn't hit worth crap the day before against Baylor didn't factor in the hangover. Um, so they got smacked 15 to three. So that was a terrible start to my Saturday. So yeah, a little bit of good and bad. Did you have a, did you have a big winner?
0: Yeah, I did have both for myself as well on the podcast. All the listeners know I actually called it game for game for North Carolina, coastal Carolina. I was like, I'm locking our heels every game, game one through three here. I'm not quite buying into the competition that Coastal's played so far. A couple of MAC teams, West Virginia. Um, So I was like, UNC's coming off of uh, a loss with East Carolina, and then they played a a midweek, a good team midweek. And I was like, I really like the momentum UNC's taken into this uh, series here. So I took UNC every game there, and then um, Florida Miami. And I call myself a big Florida fan, but I got (laughs) every game in that series wrong. I was like Hunter Barco. Is going to win his start. He's going to go six, he seven, should've. eight strong. He should have won his start. Miami wins against Florida. They kind of just keep steady with Florida in that game, and then they take it late innings. And then Florida goes out and beats Miami in games two and three. Where I was like, you know, Florida's rotation's young. I don't see anybody stepping up right now. But as the season goes along, I think both arms just get more experience. Yep. And I was like. I think Miami unfortunately takes game two and three, and they swept us the year before, too. So I was like, I really don't have any confidence going into the series. Well, it went exact, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so
1: yeah, I and, was uh, at Miami on Sunday as well. I really thought they were in a, a pretty good spot. And yeah,
0: nope. <laughs> yeah. So um, before I let you go, Ryan, AKA Bush League Bets, follow him on Twitter at bets underscore Bush. Before I let you go, Calvin Ridley, I don't know if you saw the news today. <laughs> But uh, he's getting, unfortunately, suspended for a year from the NFL because he was betting on NFL games when he was taking his mental uh, unwellness leave uh, when he was on non-injured IR. Um, It came out that he was gambling on the NFL, and he actually was betting on the Falcons in like three, five, eight-team parlays. First of all, when you bet the Falcons in parlays, not a very high chance of the Falcons winning. And then when you're betting an 18 part lay, you're not really going to win many of those anyways. So if you could tell Calvin Ridley, because he tweeted out, I only placed or I only bet $1,500. I don't have a gambling problem. <laughs> well, I'm sure all of us would love one $1,500 bet. Yes, if You could tell anyone. And the rumor is he was using FanDuel Sportsbook. So FanDuel Sportsbook doesn't have daily lines. They only get college world series futures. If you could tell mm-hmm. one, FanDuel user, one, two, maybe a long shot, uh, to win the college world series. Who would that be?
1: Sure. Yeah. I called up Ridley before the show. I'm like, Hey man, you gotta stop <laughs> doing the parlays and we gotta stop putting all, all of our eggs in one basket. So I'm spreading him with three picks here, two favorites and an underdog. I got Texas. Who can't Sorry. Have Texas. Yeah. just, I'm going to go ahead and just eat chalk and shout out on it. They are a wagon. They are sold after this weekend. It's the pitching, it's the defense and it's the Melendez. It's simple enough. That team's going to go. Team's going to go deep. Uh, another pick Tennessee. Uh, they moved up from 16 to 10. Another team I got to watch closely this weekend. Um, that team does not get a single blue pit. They just barrel everything. And that is, there is not one sheep out in that lineup. Um, and with their pitchers all throwing over 95 miles an hour and they got guys coming out of the pen hitting one-on-one, it's just going to be tough. Um, it's going to, they're going to be playing really good competition all year. They're going to be getting challenged. They're They're going to be a tough out.
0: Yeah, man. Tennessee's electric. They earn every hit. Like they, like you said, they earn every hit they get. Yep. You should have bought stock and Tony Vitello a long time ago.
1: Absolutely. Amazing coach. Um, and then a long shot another team that's well coached, uh, Gonzaga. Uh, you know, a little bit of a riding high moment, but I did post on my Twitter two weeks ago that I did like him as a long shot, but does it help that they swept Oklahoma state this weekend? Absolutely. 100%. Um, yeah, Reasons this is a, maybe, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, definitely a little bit, but this is a really good team and I, you know, they have the clear shot to win their conference and, you know, keep getting hot enough and hang around. You could, they could potentially host and that can get them into a super. So just like that, anything can happen in that series. and. They have, like you said, really good pitching. They just shut down a very good hitting Cowboys team. So
0: 100% dude, listeners yeah. know I've been kind of harping on Gonzaga the last two weeks. I didn't respect them going into OSU Cowboys series, just being it's in Stillwater, but very good statement sweeping them. So yep. thank you for coming on, man. Um, again, follow them at bets underscore Bush. Um, anything else you'd like to say before we head out?
1: No, man. Just, I really, really appreciate it. And and keep sending out highlights on Twitter and all that good stuff and keep growing this beautiful game because it's, it's going to be taken off with the MLB down and uh, you're doing a good job. So keep it up.
0: Thanks. Thanks a lot, Ryan. It means
1: the time. Sure, man. You too. Thanks, man.
0: Wow. That was one hell of an interview. Ryan knows his stuff and I'm so jealous of him that he has buddies willing to take, Huge trips and go to big college baseball tournaments to see nine games. They went and saw all nine games. That is something in itself in its own right. It's hard to sit through three-hour baseball games for the whole day. He was there from noon Eastern to midnight Eastern, basically. That is amazing. Uh, like I said, very jealous of the dude. Um, I wanted to do a short q and I'm going to make it very, very short for you guys. I'm not even... I'm sorry. <clears throat> I had a whole list of all the questions that I received in the DMS and comments section on Twitter. I'm just going to get to the most popular off the top of my head. The first one, why do I refer to myself as 77 and put it on uh, my Twitter profile? And that's my tag on Twitter. Um, 77 was my number playing sports growing up. I played whether it was baseball, hockey, I played basketball, we we didn't really get to choose our numbers, same with soccer, I played a little bit of soccer, and I played a lot of high school tennis, I could have went, played college tennis as well, um, but 77 was always my number, because my birthday is July 7th, and if you don't know, it's the 7th month, the 7th day, and actually, I was born 7 pounds, 7 ounces, so I was sort of this miracle baby, I guess, or whatever, I don't know, but uh, yeah, just Love the number seven and it's kind of just attached to me for the rest of my life So that was the number one asked question number two was How do you figure out pitching matchups when betting on college baseball? Uh, It is so frustrating sometimes because you don't know until maybe sometimes 30 minutes before the game But the best way and I have to stress this out i can't stress this enough the best way to find out starting pitchers is to go to the go to the team twitter account and then click on they usually retweet or they tweet it out on their own uh their journalism sports uh or athletic department puts out a preview of the weekend or they put out a preview of the midweek and they'll list the starting pitchers for you that is the Basically only way that you can find out college baseball starting pitchers Frustrating I know but hey we we given we take I guess So those were the top two questions we had asked for us this week Um, Sorry, I couldn't get to a ton of them, but We're getting into the midweek lineup card, baby. Let's go. So these are the top games of the midweek. Not necessarily all the games that I'm betting. I will give you picks for each one of these because these are like the most watchable games of the midweek and the midweek is Tuesday, Wednesday. Uh, Normally college baseball teams take the Monday and Thursday off. So without further ado, game one on my lineup card, batting leadoff. batting first. North Carolina, 11 and one ranked 15th in D one baseball's poll is going on the road to take on number 14 Liberty. Who's 10 and one with their only loss of the season coming in the first game against Florida. I'm not going to bet this game, but comparing resumes right now, I lean UNC, but I'm going to stay away. Okay. Game number two, batting second. First, actually, that first series is a Tuesday, Wednesday, or it's just Tuesday, one game. Oh my God, where am I going? Tuesday one game, North Carolina Liberty. Batting second. A two game series in Biloxi, Mississippi, they're playing on a minor league field. We got number 17, the Texas Tech Red Raiders. They're 10 and two. They're going to play the Mississippi State Bulldogs, number 23 in the country with a six and six record. I will be betting Texas Tech minus one twenty. I'm gonna fade Mississippi State until they show me that they can live up to this top twenty five ranking. Not gonna lock it, but I like it and I'm probably gonna bet it with the slate looking how it is. i don't I don't have confirmed numbers in front of me uh, for what I'm betting, but for all the games, but for this one right now, I can see minus one twenty on Draftkings. Texas Tech is on a nine game winning streak, including four midweek wins versus Dallas Baptist. Batting third. The number one team in all of the land, Texas. They're 11 and 1. They will take on Texas State. It's a two game series and a home and a home. So, game one on Tuesday will be played at Texas State. Game two on Wednesday will be played. At Texas, I will bet Texas on Tuesday, minus 3.30. I'll throw them in a parlay. Yes, I said I respect Texas State. But Texas coming off a loss against UCLA, their first loss of the season, I really like them to bounce back and get a midweek win against Texas State, their in-state little brother. Uh, So throw minus 3.30 into a three-team parlay or so but I am not probably going to have any action on the second game unless Texas wins the game 3-0 and Texas State doesn't show any fight. I'll throw them maybe in a parlay on Wednesday. If Texas blows them out, they probably used a lot of their runs, and there's this is a thing. Like you, Sometimes you score too many runs, and then the next day you just don't come out and the bats just aren't working. If it's not a blowout, and if Texas state doesn't put up a fight, I might parlay Texas the next day as well. Batting cleanup. Number four, number 21 team in the country, TCU eight and three on the year. They go, they're still on this Kentucky little road trip. They're going from Lexington, Kentucky, where they lost two, or three to Louisville, Kentucky Louisville's eight and three. Louisville has played weak competition They have a weak strength of schedule so far And their last series played was against Akron And a little news for you guys from a northern ball type guy This is Akron's baseball program's only third year existing So you know what I'm going to do here? I'm going to do this I'm going to play this This is my lock music for when I'm doing my solo podcast This was my walk-up song when I played baseball, guys I am going to lock up TCU minus 145. Lock up the Horn Frogs. We're taking the Horn Frogs. They're winning this game. That is a one-game series as well. So just one and done. Locking up TCU. Taking our money and we're running. By the way, that was Bad Boys by Inner Circle. If anybody doesn't know the band or song there, it was the theme song for the show Cops. Batting fifth. We have a two-game series hosted by the number 24 team in the land, the Maryland Terrapins. They're 9 and 2. They're coming off of a 1 and 2 weekend against with losses against Michigan and East Carolina. They host 3 and 7 VCU. Maryland entered the weekend 8 and 0 and they left 9 and 2. I'm going to parlay them here at home against VCU. VCU is supposed to be pretty good this year, and they have not looked very impressive and didn't really put up a fight against Ole Miss. I'm not comparing Maryland to Ole Miss. Don't take my words and twist them. I'm just saying, similar competition ish, VCU didn't really put up a fight. So, Maryland minus 225 as of right now on DraftKings. We're going to throw them into a parlay. We'll see. I, I like them in a parlay. Then we have a one gamer batting sixth. number 13 in the country, Georgia Tech they're 10 and two they go on the road to Mercer who's 11 and one and one of the best mid majors so far this year. I'm gonna take Mercer the plus 140 dog. Georgia Tech is one and one in midweek games so far against mid-major competition, and Mercer just beat Florida State in the mid- in the midweek game last week. I I like the Bears in this spot, so I'm going to take the plus one to forty with Mercer. Then we get a little bit of Georgia Georgia action, action again. Georgia just came off of the old-fashioned hate series against Georgia Tech. Guess who they get? A two-game series with Georgia Southern. Georgia Southern six and five, and they play Georgia, which is nine and two. With their only two losses coming to Georgia Tech, the first game is actually going to be played on an indie ball field in South Carolina for some reason. The second game will be played at Georgia. I'm not going to bet either one of these games. Georgia Southern was that team that beat Georgia tech in the midweek last week. So I'm not going to touch them because Georgia tech has dealt Georgia both of their losses so far this season, but I like Georgia and Georgia Southern still some question marks. there. not a strength, not a good strength of record. Um, I'm just going to stay away from the game. Might watch that first game in the Indy ball field. That might be pretty cool. Batting eighth. We have a nine game lineup card. The eighth game on it. Seven and three, East Tennessee State hits the road to play the number 19 team in the country. They're 11 and 0, one of the five undefeated teams remaining, the Clemson Tigers. I don't see a line out there right now on DraftKings, but if they release one, which they should, this has typically been the pattern. They only release top 25 games and games to bet on where it was a rivalry game or just two good mid-majors playing against each other. Every marquee matchup they give out, and they don't really give out any other mid-majors. So I'm expecting this one to pop up tomorrow sometime. I will take East Tennessee State plus whatever they give them. Clemson just got off, just left a rivalry sweep against South Carolina. South Carolina's down this year, and they got their fancy new ranking. ETSU competed against Tennessee last week on Tuesday well enough to where I feel comfortable laying plus 350 plus 400. That's where I think this is going to land. I will gamble on East Tennessee state. I don't know if that's going to be on my official card, but I'll give that out for the podcast. Um, And then the last game on the lineup batting ninth, but surely there are plenty more implications in that Los Angeles office over there, East Carolina six and five coming off a great weekend, winning all three games. They go to Virginia tech, Kramer's team. We have a good old Colby versus Kramer. Virginia Tech nine and one. I I can't go against East Carolina. I gave out a College World Series future on them. I like their bats. I like Virginia Tech's bats as well. They railed Wright State in Game Three. I think it was seventeen to one. But also got blitzed by Wright State in Game One of that series as well. So. They're prone to giving up runs, and they're prone to score. This one might be a good overplay um, if it's like 10, 11, 12. East Carolina's got a great pen, and that's why I like them. But Virginia Tech still might score five or six on them, and East Carolina's going to score eight or nine and win the game. East Carolina's found their groove as of late, and they have two midweek W's at Campbell and at Duke, two very good teams, and I like just the midweek situation right now at East Carolina over Virginia techs. So that's going to wrap up the podcast for today and the weekend recap and the midweek lineup card. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed the solo podcast. I'm open to any recommendations or advice you're willing to give me because as of right now, I'm gasping for air talking by myself and I screwed up some ads, (laughs) but I thought the interview with Ryan went great. Uh, So let me know how I did my first solo podcast on SGPN. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed. Give us great rating on Apple and Spotify. We'd really appreciate it for the company. And I'll lead you out with... I have a bunch of new sounds now. I don't know what I want to play. Oh, the show goes on. Let's do that. Here we go. No, I open with the, show's go- the show goes on. Uh, Here, I'll, I'll just exit with bad boys with the full chorus. Thank you guys for listening. We'll be back Thursday night, Friday morning.